Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a message from our all-church study, Anchored. This anchor of hope is the certainty and the promise that God is who He says He is, and that God will do what He said He will do. What God does for us is grounded in who God is, and knowing who God is provides an anchor in life, giving us a secure foundation on which to build our lives. To watch any of our previous messages or find all listening platforms, we encourage you to visit www.valleybrook.cc forward slash on demand. Enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody. We want to welcome you, those who are in the house with us here in Granby and those who are with us online. We're glad you're here. We're in the middle of this series called Anchored, and today we're talking about being anchored to the God who is faithful. And so today I've asked Robin Gibson if she would share her testimony. So would you give Robin a great big warm Valley Brook welcome? Come on up, Robin. Good morning. I was, um, I, I count it as an honor to talk about the faithfulness of God. And I was reading in the Psalms this week and a word stuck out to me. And it's the word remember. And in Psalm 111.4, it says, He causes us to remember his wonderful works and how gracious and merciful is our Lord. And so with that thought of remembering, I started to think about how remembering how God has been faithful has empowered my faith. And when, especially when we're needing to trust him in a new area and in new things. Uh, When Reed and I were first married, we had a situation where our cats soiled our new living room furniture, all three, sofa, love seat, and chair. And um, so we took the cushions off and we brought them to the dry cleaners. Problem solved. When Reed brought the bag up from the car with the cushions, after the dry cleaners, I could smell the dry cleaning fluid from the house. They were shreds. There was nothing left but threads. There were no cushions left. So (laughs) first thought was, well, let's pray. (laughs) Because the set came from a secondhand store, and it was a discontinued line. So there was no going back and replacing it. And uh, we prayed, and I ended up contacting the manufacturer um, after I called the dry cleaners. And um, they said, well, it's discontinued. I said, I know. And they said, well, let's let's, um, give you a call back. We'll see what we come up with. There just happened to be one bolt of this fabric in the back of the warehouse that they pulled out and they were able to remake the cushions for $42, all of them. And the dry cleaners, of course, was happy to pay for it because that was a lot less than a new set of furniture. And that has um, stuck with us that for the longest time, anytime we had to pray about something, it was like, oh, remember the couch cushions. You know, that was a miracle. I mean, one bolt, really? And that became, remembering that became a point of reference for us. And then, about five years later, we were looking to buy our first new home, and um, we remembered to pray first, and we even had a little list for God, you know, the do's and must-haves and 
would-be nices. And um, there was a house that was for sale that Reed's family actually lived in when he was young. And we knew that his father had done a lot of beautiful work in there. And so that was the house we wanted. And it sold. But down the street was another house that had every single thing on our list. Everything and more. And so we ended up buying that house. And then about maybe several months later, we went down the street. We saw the first house that we wanted. The whole front lawn was excavated because the basement wall had caved in. God's faithful. And I remember that as not only did you not, did you provide what we, we, we asked for, but you prevented us from being very young new homeowners and having a serious problem on our hands. And, and that, that became another foundational level or layer of our faith. You know, remember the couch cushions? Remember the house? You know, it, it, it just builds your faith to remember these things. And so, more recently, my mom was aging. She was living with my daughter and son-in-law and their family. And um, she was, it was getting to the point where my daughter felt like, we love having Grammy here, but it, she really needs more care than we're able to give her. And it's not really fair that she's not getting that care. And I said, um, well, what, what do we do? And she said, well, you have to figure out some kind of long-term care for her. I had no idea how to do that. was uncharted territory for me. And many of you on the prayer team, my friends, you, we all prayed together because I did not have a clue what to do for my mom. And so praying and praying, one day she fell. Now, let me just say that God didn't push her to the floor in the kitchen. I don't mean to... But she fell. She fell on a Lego. And she hurt her knees. She ended up having to go to the hospital. And from the hospital, she ended up having to go to a rehab or a short-term care. So we wanted her to be near my daughter's house. And there wasn't anything available. So she ended up in Cromwell, which was about 25 minutes from me and about 25 minutes from my daughter. And she stayed there. She, she got very good care. She also got COVID. She got very sick. And she was able to recover. The people there fell in love with her. And when it was time to find a short-term facility, and I was ripping my hair out trying to figure out where are we going to put mom, the Lord already told me, I already put her where she's going to be. She's home. And come to find out, they had a long-term facility as well. And it was skilled nursing, and it was just what she needed. So we got her into the long-term care. I had to fill out Medicaid application. Anybody ever fill out a Medicaid application? Okay, you're in for fun. Apparently, they are very hard to fill out by yourself. And all the long-term places I looked said, well, we'll fill it out for you, but it'll cost you about $4,000. Well, the place that she happened to land in did it for free. And it was approved within two weeks, which was kind of unheard of. So now mom is in this 
facility, that everybody is caring about her, she's happy, it's paid for, it's taken care of by our very faithful God. And I want to tell you, I pulled a few more hairs out about that Medicaid because there was some situations there that could have caused a problem, but God just didn't, I'd, I just had to surrender it and remember what he'd done before. And so, again, remembering his faithfulness has set us up for our next adventure, which is um, Rita's getting ready to retire, and we had planned to move to Florida and just float in a pool forever in warm weather. And um, we heard a, a, a message this summer when we were preaching on the Psalms that uh, Harrison had preached, and God just hit the brakes and said, no, Florida. We are originally from Grand Island, New York. Our son and his six children and wife live there. And he said, you're going back to Grand Island, where, where it's not warm. <laughs> but there was so much peace in our hearts. I mean, we had scoured Florida for new homes. And we, we thought well, our plans were all set. And God said, no. I need, this is where you're going. And so now we're at this place again. When do we sell our house? What do we buy? Do we have to move into an apartment first? Do we have to do, and that, the hair pulling started again. And God said, don't you remember what we just went through? You surrendered, I did it. That, that's kind of how this is going to go now. You are, can make your plans, but I will order your steps. And so I just feel in my heart of hearts, and Reed and I both are believing God, that we don't have to know the plan today. Soon would be nice, but I'm packing boxes, so I like to label the rooms. That's why I'm over planning, but he knows what the plan is. He already knows my address of where we're going. He already knows what, what it's, it looks like in our new neighborhood. And so remembering these things that he has done and how faithful he's been has brought us to a place now of saying, you've got this. There is no, to be continued, but this is, this is where our God is faithful. And I just love the, the last song that we sang, and he'll do it again. I believe he will do it again. So remember what he's done. And let that be a foundation to build on for his faithfulness and what he's going to do in your life next. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you real quick. Father, we're just grateful for Robin and, and for Reed and for the way you've led them and how you've continued to be faithful. So, Lord, as, as they remember, we too remember too. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Robin. Well, as you can tell, we're talking about God's faithfulness today, and to begin with, I think one of the things that we have to deal with is, is our human struggle with faithfulness, and, and the reality is we do, and we struggle actually not with accepting God's faithfulness, let's just, let's just talk about our ability to be faithful. We struggle. We make promises that we don't keep. We promise to keep secrets, and 
less than 10 minutes later, we break that promise. We make vows to people and to God, but later we don't keep those vows. We sign contracts only to, to break those contracts. We, we say yes and commit to one thing, but when something better comes along, we let go of that and renege on what we said we were committed to. Now, with all of that in mind, we have to appreciate the fact that we have a God who knows our human condition. He knows that we struggle with our own faithfulness to others and to himself, and that we fail, that we fall short, that we miss the mark. God sees our struggles and our failures to be faithful, and yet God still pursues us, and he still calls us to be faithful. So I want to read a passage of Scripture from Psalm 78 where we see how God deals with us. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Then they will not be like their ancestors, stubborn, rebellious, and unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. So God looks at the history of humanity. I suspect God looks at our history sometimes with disappointment, and yet he calls us to be faithful. He says, I want you to follow me and be faithful. So with that reality of the human condition, now let's talk about the unending faithfulness of our God. You know, uh, the entire Bible is a testimony to the faithfulness of God, but instead of reading to you the entire Bible, we're going to just look at a couple of verses First, we're going to look at uh, some, of the, some verses from the book of Lamentations. If you know anything about the book of Lamentations, it's attributed to the prophet Isaiah. And he is writing this after the Babylonians have invaded Israel and they have captured and destroyed the city of Jerusalem. And, and for uh, this book, we can see it's a deeply personal book because because uh, he, Jeremiah, I, meant, I said Isaiah a minute ago, Jeremiah displays the raw emotions uh, that he feels in response to the brutalization of his homeland. And, and although in his prophetic book he has predicted his people's exile and he's even spoken rebuke to them for their unrepentant hearts, uh, you can tell he deeply feels the pain and hurt of what has happened to Jerusalem it's a very uh, honest lament. He, he pours out his emotions. He, he mourns the loss of the people of Jerusalem. He grieves at the destruction of the city. He recognizes that, that God has been angry with the disobedience of his people, and yet God has expressed uh, his love and his compassion for Jerusalem. In the middle of that book, as you walk through it, you can feel God's anger, you can feel God's wrath, but, but right smack in the middle, we hear these words. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for, he has com for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Now, the, the truth of those verses is powerful. They tell us that God loves us and that his love for us will never end, that he is merciful and his mercy for humanity will never run out. 
Even though he becomes frustrated with our unfaithfulness, his love is unending. His mercy never ends. The Apostle Paul understood this, and he talked about the faithfulness of God this way. He said, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. You see, God is faithful. It, it's part of his attributes. It's, it's who he is. He cannot deny who he is. He will always be faithful to us. Now, as I say that, I recognize that in this life, sometimes bad things happen to good people. And those bad things aren't caused by God. We have to recognize that there are consequences to human behavior. This is true in the world, and uh, we need to understand that. But we also need to understand that God will always be alongside us, and he will be faithful to us no matter what happens, even when life doesn't go as we had planned or as we had expected. Followers of Christ through the centuries have celebrated and worshiped God for his everlasting faithfulness. And in the early 1900s, Thomas Chisholm wrote a poem, and that poem was turned into the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Let me just read to you a, a sampling of verses that were inspired by those verses that I read from Lamentations. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. And just a few years ago, Matt Redman and some others wrote the song that we just sang, Do It Again. And uh, the chorus recalls the faithfulness of God. It says, your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. You know, we believe that, and yet I know that some people wrestle with that last statement, that last sentiment of that song, that, that God has never failed us yet. And I know that because I've walked with people who have lost loved ones in tragic, unexpected ways, and they wondered if God was there for them. I've talked with people whose dreams for their lives and for their families didn't turn out like they imagined they would. In some instances, devastatingly far from what they dreamed, and they feel like God has failed them. But we have to ask ourselves, because to feel those things, honestly, is, is normal. It's part of being human. But we have to ask ourselves, did God let us down? What, was God unfaithful? And the reality is that, that our God who created us desires for us to know him and to spend forever with him. And, and we get in a, in a trap of thinking that life is about having everything that we've ever dreamed of, never experiencing hardship or suffering for a moment, living a, a, a life that is rich and, and dying peacefully in our sleep at a ripe old age. That's the dream we all have. But we all know that that's 
that's not reality. And that's not a promise that God has made to us. He has promised to always be with us. He has promised to never forsake us. He has promised that he will walk with us through whatever life brings. And he is faithful to that promise. That dream we have, we've created that. And we live in a world where we are not robots, where we are not preconditioned to do God's will. We're given the choice, the freedom to choose how we will live, and, and God has given us that ability. And our choices and the choices of others all have consequences. Some of them are good and some of them are not so good. But God wants us to know that he is with us and that he will be with us through all of life. And so we can believe in him and trust in him whatever we go through in this life. When we think about God's faithfulness and we think about the challenges that we experience in life as followers of Jesus, we have to decide what our response is going to be to the God who is faithful to us, who has promised to walk through this life with us no matter whatever befalls us. As we think about that, there's two things that the Bible tells us that we need to do. The first thing the Bible tells us that we need to do is we need to trust now again, let's be honest. It can be hard to trust. We all have experienced that. It can be hard to trust people, and sometimes, yes, it can also be hard for us to trust God. So how do we do that? Well, let me be, begin by being completely transparent with you. Uh, to many people, uh, they think that, that pastors never have doubts. They think that pastors always have complete trust in God. People think that, that pastors have some supernatural faith to trust in all and every circumstance. But to be honest, those assumptions aren't true. The reality is, is that pastors have doubts and they struggle with trust and belief like everybody else. Uh, I think about that in my own life. I've faced health crises and uh, that have required decisions that, that could have life or death consequences. And, you know, there was no way I could know those decisions and how they would turn out. In my family, as in every family, we've faced challenges and disappointments that have rocked our lives for a, a period of time. We've experienced those doubts. In ministry leadership at Valley Brook and at other churches, there have been times when when people have let me down or when I faced decisions that I never thought I'd have to face or that we've gone through seasons where we've had to lead through financial shortfalls or the loss of friends or leaders, the frustration of a lack of clarity or, or deciding on what next steps are all. And, and in reality, when I've experienced all of those things that I've told you about, one of the first things that I'll always ask myself is, am I going to trust God now? I can't see to the end of this circumstance. Am I going to decide to trust God now? Can I trust that God will walk through this thing with me at this time, even though I can't see how the end will go? What if things don't go well? I think about that. Uh, some of you know in 2006 I had open heart surgery to repair a, a a heart valve that I was born with that was defective. And before the surgery, I did what I would tell anybody to do. I got a second opinion. And the doctor 
confirmed what the first doctor said. He said, yes, you need to have surgery. So Cynthia and I talked and prayed, and we put our trust in God. And while the surgery was successful, there were complications that I'm still dealing with today. And, and to be completely transparent, there was both some frustration with God and, and even anger because things didn't turn out like I expected. But we committed to trust God in that season and to pray. And, and Cynthia and I would both tell you that now, all these years later, even though there were bumps in the road, that, that God has been faithful. Did everything turn out the way we expected? No, they didn't. But God has been faithful. I would tell you that in all of these circumstances that I've mentioned, that I, I've lived through, that I've had to decide to trust God. And every single one of them, God has proven faithful. There have been challenges along the way that I didn't expect it, but I know to this day that God has been with me. So this, this takes me to a, a very important scripture, one, one that I was challenged to memorize some 30-plus years ago, a, a scripture that I remember oftentimes in challenging circumstances when I have to trust God, a scripture that I have prayed over many people, probably some of you in here. It's from Proverbs 3, and it's going to be on the screen. I'm going to quote it the way I memorized it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. I've learned to trust in God with all my heart and to lean not on my own understanding because, you know what, I can't see the big picture. So, look, my challenge would be to you as followers of Jesus Christ, God is faithful to you. He's going to walk with you through whatever you go through, but you need to trust him. Memorize this scripture. It will help you walk in that trust. One other thing that I would say, and you heard this in my story, is that along the way, I didn't go it alone. Yes, I was with God, but I didn't go it alone with other followers of Jesus. Whether it was with my wife or my biological family or with my spiritual family here at Valley Brook, you, our staff, our elders, we walked through those seasons together. And so as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to know something, that God has given us the community of the body of Christ, and we need to walk through this life together. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.